Podcasting from a sex-writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. We are back. Kayla Lords, Molly Moore. We're here for episode 60. And we are talking about a topic so big. I'm not, I'm not here for episode 60. I'm here for like episode like, I don't know, four or something. Well, just use your imagination. Like, <laughs> We're bloggers. We don't do math. We don't do numbers. I should be like, like 60.4 or something. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Carry, do carry on. I don't know. Ignore me. My favorite was before we started recording, y'all, she said, we're going to start recording and then you're going to be Kayla. And I was like, yeah, I forgot to say, apparently you're going to be Molly. <laughs> Damn. Burn. I don't know. I don't even know if I used that word correctly because we're old <laughs> bloggers. So we don't know. We don't really know. Okay. So back to the actual topic. We are discussing social media, which is a massive, massive, a massive topic. So we are going to come back to this topic many times over um, yeah. to narrow it down for anybody who is like, what are y'all talking about? I think this time we're going to focus on the question that we get a lot from people we know, the conversations we're in a lot with other smutlancers and bloggers, which is which platform should you be on and should you be on all of them and promoting yourself across platforms. And some people get very nervous about being on social media as a sex content creator. Um, And some people get very stressed out about it because it seems like a lot of work and in some ways it can be. So while there are a lot of things to talk about, we're gonna try and focus on that for this episode. Um, without, no, y'all, we are not going to forget about the fact that social media platforms in general are not friendly with adult content. Um, but that does not mean that they can't be slightly useful and something to consider. So Mm -hmm. that's where we're at this week. Um, let's start out just to, I don't know, give people an idea of how this works. Now we, you and I both have multiple, I guess, social media identities. I don't mean vanilla versus kinky or sex blogger, but like on Twitter, I know I handle several accounts, you handle several accounts. So mm-hmm. notwithstanding the amount of accounts we have on any one platform, let's mm-hmm. just talk in general terms about the different platforms we're on. So um, I am on Twitter primarily, Instagram, Pinterest a little bit, Facebook a little bit when tumblr was friendly i was there and when google plus was a thing i was there Mm -hmm. um what platforms overall are you on for blogger stuff um so similar primarily twitter um and and instagram so i've worked a bit harder on instagram 
since last year and pushed a bit more and I'm playing with it a bit more. So that's kind of following up the rear, so to speak, <laughs> um, of, in the social media hierarchy. Um, I'm on Facebook, but it literally kind of just sits there, kind of, I, I, I go in now and then. Um, but since they've got weird about even you posting links to stuff, like before it was like if I posted something and the picture was safe for work, then I felt comfortable putting it on Facebook. But that's not even really the case anymore. They can even be weird about that. If you're linking to something, they decide it's not acceptable, then they delete your post and then you're like in the jail and... So, yes, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really do anything with it. I go in and look now and then and like write the odd thing. Um have used it more successfully it, it uh i think lends itself a bit better to eroticon stuff um so yeah so have that there um yes used to be on tumblr but ditched it when they went um all pearl clutchy um i do have a pinterest account don't really use it kind of gave up on that too because they also can be obviously especially the fact that i create a lot of images myself <laughs> And so then you put them on Pinterest and they mainly get upset about that. So I, I kind of abandoned that. Um, but I do have it. I don't really use it and it's never driven much traffic. Um, I think we should also mention like Reddit and Quora. Oh, the other thing I don't have. So I made a Snapchat account, but I can't like fathom it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my kids are just determined that I'm like some old grandma. Um <laughs> And my daughter keeps threatening to teach me how to do Snapchat, which I might actually have to take her up on some point, because I was adamant that I didn't require you to teach me how to use Snapchat. <laughs> you smart ass. Uh, but actually, don't tell her this, but she might be right, and I might actually need her to teach me how to use Snapchat. Because I feel like there's an untapped uh, community, maybe there, or certainly traffic. So Snapchat, unknown thing to me on my list of things to, to kind of tackle but i think also i would like to mention cora and reddit because i do use both of those um uh again they're kind of like down the hierarchy reddit i visit like now and then cora again now and then probably about on average like once a week once a fortnight roughly just go and have a little poke about leave some posts you know engage in some conversations and then i'm gone again um, but they do actually both drive traffic. I have accidentally seen Reddit like blow up a few mm -hmm. of my sites before in a very good way. Um, I am technically on Reddit, but I've had such um, bad experiences, which I will maintain were my fault. I was approaching Reddit with very much the idea of let me get my links out there let yeah. me share my links, share my links. And that was my only focus. And in certain subreddits, that's fine. That's the point. Right, but, but in many, it's not. Right. And so I had just, I only think it was just one person yell at me. But for me, that's all I need. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to worry about Reddit. Now, I've been fortunate, though, that every, eh, it doesn't happen often, maybe once or twice a year, somebody will either yeah. share something that they didn't even necessarily know it was me they just found it and liked it or somebody will contribute to like the loving bdsm site and one of their friends who's on reddit's like oh i want to like tell you what my friend did and i benefit yeah. from it because it's on my site um but it can be a massive driver 
of short-term yes. traffic is amazing yes. but i've never been able to sort of harness it or tap into it or like it just has to sort of happen in a really weird organic way but i technically i have an account there technically i'm you know i'm a member of a couple of subreddits and but yeah just one one random person yelling at me on the internet was enough for me <laughs> i was gone yeah. I, was gone. I mean, should we? Shall I talk a little bit more about Reddit now, or do we want to circle back to that? Um, we could circle back to that because I think let's start with the big ones, and let's. I think let's start with the um, big question that I know a lot of people ask, which is, well, do we have to be on all those platforms, and how do we do that? Um, for me, my answer that I tend to give, and this is kind of the path I took, was. No, you don't have to be everywhere because you can't possibly be everywhere. And I did not start on day one of sex blogging signing up for all these accounts. This was a journey. I didn't even start with Twitter. Twitter, I came into, I think, in 2014. And it was 2015 before I kind of figured out how to use it. I haven't even attempted Snapchat because I know I can't figure that out. Um, <laughs> if your daughter gives lessons, uh, Call me on Skype. I want to be there for it. <laughs> you want to sit in. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the way I look at it all is you don't have to be everywhere because you, you can't. There's not enough time. But I agree. also, you don't – most of the time you don't start out at on all of them all at once anyway. Or, or that yeah. would be my recommendation would be to not do that. Yeah. I do have one recommendation. Is that if you know, if you have a, a name, that like a, let's say a brand name or a work name or a blogging name or a, whatever your thing is, my advice is to go to as many of these platforms as you can potentially think of and grab your name. You don't then have to, you don't then have to be there doing stuff. But if potentially you got very well known, you want to own your name on all those different platforms. So my base advice is, do you don't have to run all of them, but you should own your name on all of them. Um, even if you don't actually do anything with it, you've basically tapped, snagged that account and have it, and then no one else can suddenly become you. Suddenly somebody else comes along and goes, ooh, Kayla Lords, I'm gonna take that name, and I'm gonna be Kayla Lords on whatever. So even along the way where there's, um, there's a social media platform called LO that started a few years back. It's never really taken off, although it seems to have got a little bit more popular recently after the Tumblr thing because they seem to be a bit more accepting of adult content. But when LO very first started, before like anyone had even really heard of it, and like I, I probably Michael who saw about it, all those little places like that, I've always gone on and made an account in my name and taken my name molly's daily kiss so that nobody else can whether i then use that account or not is irrelevant but yeah go and snag your name on places um before some other sneaky bugger does i completely completely agree i was sort of late to the instagram game because i was like i'm a writer i don't take pictures what the hell am i going to do on instagram and then i went i think i want to try instagram and i go and Kayla Lords as a name is not available. There's a lovely little vanilla person named Kayla Lords. So that's why on Instagram, I'm kinky Kayla Lords because okay. I figured that was one, a good way to differentiate. I feel I've mm -hmm. always felt bad about whoever may have searched for Kayla Lords and come across that 
poor sweet little girl who is not me. Um, but it was one of those times, cause I've heard that advice before too. And it was one of those times I was like, oh man, I totally should have done that because right. it's possible that that person hadn't had the account terribly long, you know, and I could right. have gotten it. So yeah, that is very, very good advice. Um, and most platforms you can have multiple accounts, Facebook, not under a profile, but under a page. And I would recommend, um, if your blog name is different from your author name, trying to get both, um, if the platform will allow it, uh, Instagram and Facebook, both, um, in the past, gosh, we're recording in late August, 2019. So in the past six months to a year from now, who knows what it'll, it'll be in the future. Um, they will disallow certain words in both the title, the handle. Um, I, we have a running joke over at loving BDSM that the Instagram handle is one that I hate because I had loving BDSM, which is great. And then somebody reported an image that wasn't even sexual, but that's what they did. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, I'm sure. And my account got banned. Like I, it was, it was swift. It was quick. And it could have been, they were implementing this. Oh, we don't like certain words or phrases used. Okay. So it it might've been bad timing. So they banned the account. Um, I was able to recreate and, you know, make another Instagram account for loving BDSM, but I could not put BDSM anywhere in the handle. And so I got creative and I made it loving DS for dominance and submission, but somebody else apparently had kind of had that or it was too short or something. So I had to add like a one to the end. I was so, I'm still pissed off about it. Um, and everybody always wants to give me advice about how to change a handle. I'm like, I know how to change a handle. Believe me, I've been there, done that, but I can't get the handle I want because Instagram is so picky about, I mean, they're monitoring the words. They're even monitoring outbound links, you know, not the links themselves, but the words and the links. So, um, my recommendation is if you can, depending on the name of both your blog and your, uh, your writer or creator name, if they happen to be different, um, go ahead and snag both if possible, if that's available that way, depending, even again, like you said, even if you never do anything with it, you've got it and nobody else can have it. Um, right. But yeah, if I know on Instagram and um, potentially on Facebook, if your website uh, name is filled with, you know, wonderful words like BDSM and sex and erotic, they might not allow it. But if they do, if you, if they don't stop you from creating it, then go ahead and do that too. So nobody else can get it. Yeah, and it's important to, that's why it's also important to have an author name as well. So to not just rely on your blog name, um, unless your blog name isn't like completely innocuous. Um, but you know, if your blog name is, I don't know, fuck me up the arse, <laughs> um, then you're going to struggle to get that to be places. And so therefore building up um, a... Uh, profile around your author name which is then you know joe blogs or whatever um yeah that's how you do that's how you get around that yep and i get away with a lot more than some other bloggers do because my url is kayla lords i it's called a sexual being but I, i'm i'm kayla lords that's the branding i've used so yeah. 
Facebook might not like my pictures and they might not like my links, but they don't have a problem with the URL itself because it's a name. And so that, yeah. that has been beneficial to me as well. So yes, and I this is a side note, it has nothing to do with social media. It is purely preference. You can always do what you want. Um, as somebody who spends a lot of time creating content and then trying to like say the name of the person who wrote it, um, if, if, if you are trying to have something beyond just your blog that is for your personal sort of musings and your thoughts and, you know, your own stories and you're trying to build something bigger, please, please, please come up with a, a creator name, an author name, a, a, some sort of pseudonym. It is very <clears throat> frustrating to say this post was written by fuckmeuptheass.com when I'd really like right. to be able to say a name associated with it. Um, yeah. But that, that has nothing to do necessarily with social media. It does make you a little bit more personable on social media. It helps people realize that they are talking to a person instead yeah. of to a brand or, you know, a website, which can come across as impersonal. And people will sometimes assume multiple people are uh -huh. heading this account when no, it's just little old you and a person, you know? So give yourself a name if you are trying to have a Smut Lancer future of any sort and and yes for social media i'll bring it back around to the topic it does help on social media it lets us know who the hell we're talking to um uh -huh. uh, and side note to that when you come up with that name google it make sure it's not yeah. like the most famous name ever or it's not yeah. like attached to a criminal or something just just google it first um yeah. so each of the platforms is problematic some people like you said you know <laughs> I have um, certainly heard of Elo. I have not gone there. Um, Mastodon, I think, is another one that's kind of a mm -hmm. Twitter uh, yeah. alternative. Mastodon is a weird, weird thing. I, I do have a couple of accounts there because it's all different instances mm -hmm. that then cross over to each other. It kind of blows my head a little bit. I've never really got my head around it. Um but yeah, it looks a bit like Twitter, but then you're like in these different instances. So there's like, you know, people have made their own instances for like a variety. Yeah, I know I can see like your head. <laughs> I'm right already like confused. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like don't get into, um, 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 there's obviously, you know, mustard on instances for all kinds of things. So like, you don't want to accidentally end up in the knitting one. Um, <laughs> Like, unless they're, like, knitting penises or whatever, mostly they're probably not going to like your content and what you're doing. So, yeah, watch out for that. Mastodon is, like, oh, yeah, it blows my head. Like, I've tried two or three times and I just can't get my brain around it. Um, but it's one of those ones for the future, I think, where you might end up having to, because it's because it, the way it's run, which is basically where people make their own instances, um that means that there are mastodons that obviously are going to be really adult content friendly um and so obviously as time goes on and maybe the big names become less and less friendly then maybe we're going to end up in places like mastodon um where quite frankly you know someone like us should start make one that's for sex blogging but um anyway complicated mastodon tried like totally geeky geek people like it and understand it i'm like what is happening <laughs> and truly that's part of the the both the problem and the good thing about social media is that 
for all the problems of the, the major social media platforms, the developers have spent a lot of time trying to make it as easy to use for the average person, which is why most of us gravitate towards these top platforms, even though they are notoriously uh, unfriendly to adult content. And so yeah. um, a few things to note, we're throwing out a lot of names of a lot of platforms. If you are stressing out, I'm gonna need you to take a breath. At no yeah. point do we think that you should be on all of these. Nice. Pick one. And, and that I think comes down to where your comfort level lies. Any one of them, including Facebook, which I personally avoid. I have a Facebook page. I use it. I go there periodically. I auto share when I can. <clears throat> um, I get messages there. So I'm there, but I'm not really there. Even Facebook can benefit you if it is a place you are comfortable in. If it is a place where you know sort of how to talk on it and how to interact with people anyway, if you have a comfort level with it. Um, like I said, it took me a good year and a half, maybe even two years to really get comfortable with Twitter. Now, once I got comfortable with Twitter and really started using it, that became my uh, platform of choice. Um, but pick one, start with where you're comfortable um, and get really good at it and then worry about the next one. <laughs> like just even, you know, take Molly's advice, go ahead and get your name on these platforms so nobody else can do it. But then- Right, but then pick one right. and work, concentrate on exactly. that. Build up a following, build up a style, whatever it is that you do mm -hmm. in that space. Once you, that's flowing and you're comfortable with it, then you could be like, you know what? I might just, try and introduce a new one i might do something else i might investigate this one over here so i mean if we quickly go through them like the kind of major ones that we've talked about mm -hmm. let's talk about twitter so it's for both of us it's like our main space and um huge driver of traffic for me um i'm sure it's the same for you and also a place to where i find um clients and where I see calls for people who want their stuff who want me to pitch to them and stuff like that so finding those kinds of people who you can follow contacts journalists stuff like that Twitter's really good for that um, might be worth following for a long time I followed I still follow it I don't look at it so much now just because I'm quite busy but um, there's a hashtag called journal requests mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, is worth following Often you will see people there saying, hey, I want to interview someone about whatever, I don't know, wearing a butt plug out in public. And you can be like, oh, that could be me. Quite often, a lot of these journalists are quite happy for you to remain anonymous or to use like a blogging type name. They often just literally want a soundbite kind of thing for their article or somebody to quote. Um, so definitely a hashtag to watch. Adult content wise, things to watch out for on Twitter. Do not put a adult classified image as your header image, your background header image, or your AVI. So that's one of the big rules on Twitter. If you put a picture of your tits as your AVI, that Twitter will find it and send you to the naughty step and possibly even delete your account. Mm -hmm. So you can post adult content in your feed. You can post pictures, whatever, but the, you are supposed to mark your account as not safe for work so that all your images turn up. If people have that setting on, 
turn up with the you've selected not to see this image if you it may contain um, sensitive media it's called it may contain sensitive media and then people can click to decide if they want to see it so you should if you are posting pictures into your Twitter timeline mark your content as sensitive so you can go into the settings you can find it really easy mark it as sensitive it's one Twitter like is less likely to kick you off and two you're just doing a favor to all the people who have marked their media wanting to see that you know perhaps people who look at their twitter at work they want those images kind of covered up by that little panel so they can decide when and if they want to see them so that when they're looking at twitter on their phone at work suddenly they're not like oh massive picture of tits they can know when to decide they can choose when to decide to reveal that picture or not um so yeah, make sure you do that. Don't use a racy picture, like no genitals, no tits in your AVI or in your header image. Apart from that, you can post stuff in your timeline. You can post adult content in your timeline. Twitter ra randomly does this shadow banning thing where they shadow ban you for things which nobody's really sure what you've done. They won't tell you what you've they done. They won't even admit shadow banning is a real thing either. They don't even admit shadow banning is real, but it fucking exists because when you go and search for yourself, you don't come up in search. Um, I used to agonise over it a great deal, and now I've realised that there's absolutely no point in agonising over it, and I just thunder on as if whether it exists or not. Like, I don't even bother to go and check now to see whether I am or not. I just carry on um, and do my thing. Um, and you can be shadow banned. Like there was, I read this whole article about this woman who discovered she was shadow banning. Again, I don't know why I'm always knitting, but this weird, randomly was a woman who was on Twitter talking about knitting, and she'd written this whole article on her blog about how she discovered she was shadow banned because she was involved in knitting chats on Twitter, like hashtag chats where they were like talking about things. Um, she's using the hashtag and she's chatting away and apart from the people who follow her or the other people who are involved in the conversation no one ever replied to her no one ever said anything and she felt like she was being ostracized from this community she actually thought that for some unknown reason her name was getting out as somebody not to speak to like it had made her really paranoid and it was only after a while that she discovered it's not that people were ignoring her her tweets are not showing up under that hashtag because her account was shadow banned and she's tweeting about knitting. Like, what on earth is she shadow banned for? She's obviously at some point, you know, clicked the, switched that, pressed that something. She said something that's got her flagged up for something. Somebody's reported her for something that's innocuous. But then, you know, the algorithms pick something up. Computers get it wrong all the time. And so suddenly she's shadow banned for talking about cross, you know, I don't know what stitch, stitches are called in knitting, but, you know, um, for, you know, talking about dropping her stitches or something. Um, who knows? So, yeah, shadow ban exists. I wouldn't try to agonize over it too much because you will just drive yourself nuts. You will. And the other thing, and we, we both, I know, get into conversations with people who you know, get really upset about shadow banning. And it is worth being upset about it as a form of censorship. It is frustrating. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. um, but part of being on a social platform should not just be about how many people you don't know finding you and following you. That is 
a part of it. Um, but that cannot, if that becomes the whole part of it, you are going to be very miserable on every social media platform you ever have. The kind of fast growth with 10 million followers is not something that happens to the average person. It does not happen as often as we kind of perceive that it happens. Um, the best growth you will ever find in an audience really is sort of the slow and steady and sustained growth. And yes, yeah. being found by new people on a social media platform is beneficial. It is helpful. Yes, 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 yes. But if you decide to make that your sole focus of audience growth and why you're on social media in any platform, you are going to be miserable whether you're shadow banned or not. Okay. Yeah, so a hundred, a hundred really attentive followers is worth four more, far more to you than a thousand people who followed you because you paid them to, and they actually never look at what you do. So they never retweet it. They never interact with you. So yeah, a hundred followers who do stuff is much better and more productive than even 10,000 followers who do nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely the numbers game. Like obviously, as a general rule, I always assume that ten percent engage. Yeah. So clearly, ten percent of seven hundred is a different number from ten percent of seven thousand. Clearly, so numbers do count. But having building up those numbers for people who are genuinely coming because they want to follow you and are interested in your content. They're far more valuable followers than, you know, kind of tons of just random people who are following you literally as a follow back kind of exchange program. Right. And so. you are more likely to get those people through your website, through your blog, through the content you create than people on Twitter. I mean, I get followed by people on Twitter all the time, I'm not under Kayla Lords because I'm uh, perpetually shadow banned there. Um, but under loving BDSM, yes. And like a good 50% of those people don't know who I am. Don't know what I do. They saw the word BDSM and followed me. And I know that they have no clue and they're not there for my content. Cause I can look at my stats and see how many or how few clicks I'm sure. getting from Twitter. So it's nice that they follow me. It helps. There, there are benefits to it, but that cannot be your focus. If you make your content your focus, then the people who care about your content will follow you on those social media platforms. Right. Also, be a real person on Twitter. Yes. Like, it, have conversations with people, get involved in conversations, find your community, find your people, find other sex bloggers, other writers, other whatever. And, you know, people are talking about stuff. Go and jump into those conversations say oh i did this thing because one that is building up makes you look like a real person and two other people see that and then they're like oh who's that person i'll follow them and so that's a way of building building up your community and your followers um also just a very quick note on twitter on things that you should avoid doing don't have lots of don't do lots and lots of retweeting because um, again Twitter likes that so make sure you mix up your content so that you're actually writing genuine content you know you're actually writing tweets rather than just oh I just retweet them and I just retweet them um, actually make sure that you've got a significant portion of your feed is you actually saying something so it shouldn't all just be retweets and links and watch out for cross posting because Twitter has been known to not be happy with that and one of the reasons 
suspected of shadow banning in the past was like auto posting from tumblr for example um seemed to if you had a significant amount of your content it was basically just your links to tumblr um they seem to take a dislike to that so they look at those things they basically want to see activity and not you just literally almost spamming content which is basically if you're if you're Twitter feed is essentially you just links, link, 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 and you never actually say anything. Twitter starts to see that as kind of like almost spam content because you're not actually doing anything original. Um, so watch out for that kind of thing. Like the, I notice lots of people have their Instagram linked up, so it posts into their Twitter. Like that's fine if you're just doing that once a day, but if there's tons of it. Twitter doesn't seem to like that. I think that triggers their algorithm again, where you, you look like you are just spamming links from cross-content. Um, and the other thing to watch out for are the things where people sign up to things that do things to your account. Like, um, so many people followed me today. X number, my, So-and-so app tells me that X number of people followed me. And unfollowed um, me, which... And please stop me. looking at Switch. unfollows. <laughs> Switch that shit off. First of all, you look like a stalkery, crazy person. Like a stalk, it just looks weird. It's like you're monitoring what people are doing in a kind of quiet, individual level, rather than just looking at your numbers. It's like you're seeing who are you, who are you. Um, and two, a lot of those um, AI, uh, those apps that access Twitter, Twitter isn't hugely keen on lots of them and if you'll notice i've noticed a great drop in them and that is because twitter has shut off a lot of the apis that allow those things to take place so watch out for those that you click on because you're interested in them and then the next thing you know your account is auto tweeting them and when i've said to people do you know your account tweets this stuff quite often they don't because remember it tweets it for you and you don't even realize that every day this tweet is going out that tells people this like weird things so yeah watch out for those and i think those are like my twitter things yes and it's funny because you are i love it you're like here's the technical stuff and i'm over here like stop looking at your unfollows so every day this is a personal pet peeve you do what you do you y'all you do you my personal pet peeve and what i think is absolutely completely unproductive to your life in general is to monitor whether people are unfollowing yeah. you or not. And I don't even just mean with those like apps and programs that'll tell you. I see tweets yeah. every day from somebody who's like, well, I tweeted about this semi-controversial topic and I lost five followers. Okay, please, please, please stop looking at that number. Okay, first of all, you mm -hmm. can lose followers for a lot of reasons. People deactivate their account. Twitter deactivates yeah. their account. Twitter will yeah. accidentally unfollow people for no flipping reason. If you go from having 10,000 followers to 100, you should send an email to Twitter support. Yes, you should. But if it drops by 5, 10, 15, I don't care if it drops by 100. There are a million and one reasons that that happens. And very few of them have anything to do with who you are as an individual. And they don't actually matter towards your long-term growth now if you are being a gross off or just your like mental health happiness that either. too because guess what you're focusing on how many people pretend to like you on social media because that's essentially what that is right they're not yeah. your real life friends necessarily not most of them 
and you are tying up your self-worth into how many people are following you. That's not, that's not productive. That's not healthy. And also that energy you're using to see how many people are following you or how many people aren't following you. You can be putting that into content. You can be putting that into things that actually build something, but focusing any amount of time on whether people are following you or not following you takes away from all of the other things you're trying to do and just makes you a stressed out mess. And then, and again, you are all welcome to tweet whatever the hell you'd like to tweet, but tweeting about it comes across sometimes as this sort of everybody like me, love me. And I'm like, I do like you. That's why I'm still following you. But what, what are we talking about? Why is this the thing that you're focusing Mm -hmm. on? You know, Think about it, live with it, whatever. Yes, yes, you are freedom of choice here, y'all. This is gonna be maybe an unpopular opinion, but there are so many more things that you, that are better for you and better for your mental health than keeping up with that number. You know, I don't have a problem when people celebrate, hey, I got to a thousand followers. Hey, I got to 10,000 followers. Those are milestones, definitely celebrate them. But internally, you know, in your inside, your head voice, get real about how much engagement you get with that number. Cause then it goes back to that yeah. artificial number of people just following back for a follow back or whatever. If they're not engaging with you either on the platform or clicking your links to go read your blog or whatever it is you're doing, then celebrate it, go ahead. It's a milestone. It means things are happening in positive ways, but don't let whatever that number is big or small growing or not, you know, have anything to do with your self-worth as a creator and what you're doing on that platform because you're just going to make yourself a basket case over it. And I see mm-hmm. y'all and being a basket case all over it on Twitter. <laughs> right. And just very quickly, a word on stats. Twitter actually has some pretty good stats stuff that you can look at for your account. And rather than looking at, like, who unfollowed me, you'd probably be better off spending five, ten minutes once a week, potentially maybe longer, it's up to you, looking at that and looking back on a because it, it only um you only get like i think like the previous month and then it's like gone or something like I can't yeah you I you, I can't you exactly. get a 28 day like, summary and then that. you get the previous that's month that's right right you know go look at that go well what was the tweet that got the best engagement what was the tweet that got retweeted the most because as you look at that you're like okay that's interesting so actually when i write about this and i you know to take a picture that actually gets loads more engagement than when I just tweet a link from my blog kind of thing. So you learn those kind of things, know that stuff. So use there's some quite good Twitter analytics that you get for free. Go, go and have a look at that and keep an eye on that. It will give you some picture to develop on like what your content is doing. Agreed. And if y'all have not noticed, we've spent a lot of time on Twitter because it has its problems, but it is one of the most still one of the most relatively speaking adult friendly platforms it is where many of us go because yes there's shadow bans yes things happen yes tweets get like people get blocked and tweets get deleted and yes but it is still for right now of all of them the most friendly um let's go to facebook i don't have anything good to say about facebook but i do i do recognize its value in some ways so there is something to be Okay, so Facebook. So first of all, I wrote a post a few years ago, which we will put in the show notes, and I should go back and probably update a little bit. But my post was called Facebook Will Out You. And of any of the social media platforms that have that risk, 
Facebook and of course now it's best friend Instagram because they are basically the same people um, have the most potential to out you because they love to know everything and they love to offer everything up so if you have a real-life Facebook account and then you create a bloggy Facebook account Facebook is really 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 sneaky about working that out through all kinds of methods and so that you are more at risk on Facebook than anywhere else of Facebook suddenly popping up in your mum's feed going "Ooh, do you know tits out for Dora over here because they've realized that you're also tits out Dora and you're also you know whatever whatever your real life name is Denise Black is also tits out for Dora. They've worked that out. And so then they start cross-offering it, saying, well, you must know this person because of. So I will double check that that post is still um, up to date. And if not, I will add any edits or stuff that needs to add. But yeah, watch out. Facebook will fucking out you, as will Instagram, because they're really, really snoopy about cross-pollinating your account. So if anonymity is the most fucking important thing to you above anything else be careful in those places you need to take some really cautious measures to ensure that doesn't happen and separate devices is potentially not enough because if you're accessing your separate devices but the same IP address potentially that can lead you down a dangerous route because um, Facebook can use some of that information. So, mm -hmm. yeah, watch out. Don't go there if you are absolutely... That's your key thing. Apart from that, like, Facebook are super sex negative. Like, you literally can't post anything there. Picture-wise, they, they are, like, the sex police in a big way. Like, nipples are not allowed. Oh certain God. words like, aren't allowed. Happen. Right. I know certain words aren't even allowed. Sexually suggestive content, not blatant, not the stuff we know we got to hide. Like just, it might've been a little erotic. Maybe if you squinted your eyes, Facebook will be like, nope, coming down. You're banned for 30 days, which happens to me all the time. <laughs> oh, really? So what suggestive word? Can you think of any suggestive? See, I use mine so little, I think. That I, it, <laughs> I it is hard to know. So I have a few times been banned from Facebook, not for what I published to my Facebook page, which y'all get a Facebook page, not a profile. I'll tell you why in a second, if you hadn't already figured it out beyond the lack of anonymity thing. Um, I have been banned because under a um, page I was um, uh, monitoring and working on whatever for a client, it's a sex toy shop, and we know to be careful, our, our pictures are all PG, PG-13. We posted a blog post with a perfectly fine ordinary image about pocket pussies, okay? And that is the day I learned that if you are on Facebook, do not call it a pocket pussy, call it a masturbation stroker or a sleeve. You can get away with a flashlight as a brand name. But the term pocket pussies got my personal account because that's how it was connected to the account and the thing we were doing at the time. Yeah, because you're... Oh, right. Um, for 30 days, I could not post anything. I could not reply to anything. I could not answer a Facebook message. I could do nothing for 30 days. 
there are tools and ways because it was multiple people working on the same account i've got a workaround for that for my client but un under my kayla lord's author facebook page there was nothing i could You're do done. that being said there was one thing i could do but i decided not to do it because i didn't care john brownstone is a secondary admin on all of my facebook stuff so if i need to i can go in through his login and access my page but i hate doing that <clears throat> because I get annoyed at Facebook because I'm like, that's actually the name of a product that was not sexually suggestive. That is what the thing is called. Um, but yes, I have, so I have auto share, auto post stuff um, on my blogs from like kaylalords.com to Facebook and Twitter and whatever. And I usually uncheck that box before I hit publish. If I know that the picture is got a nipple in it, it's my butt, it's clearly two people having sex. Like I make sure it doesn't go to Facebook, but every once in a while I forget and I, I don't uncheck that box and it'll go out. And if I don't catch it within probably the first minute of it hitting my Facebook page and being shared on my Facebook page to then delete it, um, within a few hours, I've got a message from Facebook when I go to log in the next time saying, oh, you uh, posted inappropriate content. You're in the corner for 30 days. And it, at this point for me, it is always 30 days. They, I think it's because it's happened enough times now. We're talking like half a dozen times a minute. You're so I'm awful, I'm awful. Um, and it's weird because I detest Facebook. I have locked down my vanilla account, my profile, I used to have a Kayla Lords profile in here, so I will tell you to do a page, not a profile, especially for business purposes. Um, somebody must have reported me at some point under my Kayla Lords Facebook profile. And Facebook, and I was accessing everything from the same IP address. I didn't know about VPNs at the time. VPN is your friend for trying to maintain some anonymity. Um, and so a message popped up on my Kayla Lords Facebook profile when I tried to log in that said, oh, you're gonna have to prove your identity and you're gonna have to prove you really are Kayla Lords. It's that same thing that it hits transgender people who um, are trying to be who they are under the right name for them. And Facebook's like, no, that's not the name on your driver's license. So you have to use that name or whatever. It hits adult content creators at times as well. And it definitely did for me because I had my vanilla account and here I was with a Kayla Lords account. I have never gotten that Kayla Lords profile back. I have to do everything through a page. For me to feel comfortable doing that, I locked down as much as I was capable of under my profile, my vanilla profile. So um, the only people who can see my posts are, in some cases, are me. Um, I hit all those privacy options to turn off mm -hmm. suggestions to do this. It's not perfect, but it's, I have not had my mom text me and go, why is your uh, sex writer page being offered to me? So that, that tells me things are probably mostly okay. Um, yeah. But for all that I try not to be on Facebook, I hate Facebook, I get very annoyed with Facebook. When I remember to go in and manually add a post yeah. in Facebook, get I get traffic. The other way I get traffic, yeah. not really to my, my blog, sometimes to my blog, but to like loving BDSM or wherever, is the one thing that makes Facebook kind of bearable beyond the um, all the human drama that happens there um, is the groups. And there are a ton of BDSM groups and kink groups and sex groups, secret groups in Facebook. And if one of your fans decides that your content is worth sharing to these groups or somebody comes across your content and shares it to a group, 
that is when my Facebook traffic will spike. I mean, in at Loving mm -hmm. BDSM, we consistently can get into triple digit views from Facebook per day if a post or two gets kind of popular in a group or somebody goes in and shares our content a couple of times and it people it resonates with people. Um, I do not monitor those Facebook groups. I'm not in Facebook groups because you can no longer navigate all of Facebook as your page. You have to do it as a profile. And so I, you know, I just, okay. I just don't. Um, there was a time when you could not only comment and you still can comment on a Facebook page as the page. So mine says Kayla Lord's author and it's the profile pic I have of the page. Back in the day, you could go into groups, you could go to other people's profiles and comment as the page and you can no longer do that. They will only yeah. let you do it as a profile. And since I can't get the Kayla Lord's profile back, I just don't do it. I put it out there. I let, I encourage people to share content to Facebook. If I think a piece of content is good, or if I have an extra five minutes, I might go in and manually post something, but I have it because I know people like to try and contact me there. Some people's main platform is Facebook. Facebook. And so I'll get questions there. I'll have people reach out. I'll, you know, there'll be some interaction, but I don't make it a priority either because I know that Facebook is not friendly to our content or to me and i can't use it in a way that helps me feel safe and anonymous and I, like i don't have to worry about three cousins 10 times removed finding out somebody Find right out. so it has its uses and there's certainly nothing wrong with encouraging any of your own followers who might be on facebook to share your content on facebook if they're comfortable with it um, that's why I say it has some place in your social media sort of lineup. Um, but make it a page and then do only what you need to do if you even choose to engage over there. But yeah, don't, don't do a profile. You will get out it eventually. And then you'll have lost that. I had, I had some like actual friends on Facebook as Kayla Lords that I liked talking to. I liked engaging with. I got a lot more views to blog posts when I did that. Um, but I couldn't, I lost it all. I couldn't get it back. And it wasn't worth mm -hmm. all the, the twists and turns I would have had to Oops. do to either get it back or create a new one. It just wasn't worth it. Sure. Sure. Okay. And then Instagram, kind of similar, um, but different, obviously. Um, image focused. Don't post anything too racy there. Absolutely no titties um, or genitals. Um, and even sexually suggestive as well, they can be decide that something's sexually suggestive. I have seen people, um, interestingly, I'm following an account, I want to say that are called Alpha Channeling, but I will double check show notes again, um, who um, are creating art, essentially. They're like digital pictures and paintings. Um, that yes depict kind of sexual acts but they're like they're not like graphically they're paintings they kind of think and they've had quite a few of their posts deleted which is insane because it's like this isn't a photograph this is like a weird cartoony picture and it looks like a couple shagging but it kind of also doesn't and they've had that content deleted so yeah instagram hugely not sex um positive in any way shape or form um, I know of two or three, I follow a few kind of lingerie type bloggers on there and even they've had terrible trouble and these are quite big accounts. These are people who've got like 300,000 plus followers um, who have had their account shadow banned and their personal hashtags 
shadow band was and all they do they are literally lingerie bloggers they are like you know vlogging about lingerie taking you know tasteful pictures in their underwear like you should be able to post a picture tasteful picture tasteful picture whatever that fucking means by the way in your underwear um on instagram and say you know oh look at my new underwear that i got from insert company name um but yeah instagram even take a dislike to that so watch out if you do well on instagram and you can do well start up a backup account because they literally just decide at the drop of a hat that they don't like you anymore and you can be gone so do not become too emotionally attached there because it is one of those ones where literally you've only got to get it slightly wrong and they make a decision and it's fairly arbitrary it's nearly impossible to um retrieve your account if they make that decision right and they they make it and they, they make it <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're both trying to talk at the same time because we both have points to make. Um, We're really good at this. I know. And they don't respond to your inquiries as to why they shut no. you down. Um, knock on wood. I. They don't give no, a shit. God, no. They they want the uh, the revenue from your eyeballs being on the platform. Um, they want the eyeballs you bring to the platform because you're posting stuff and building an audience, but they do not respect their creators enough to actually like take the time to, you know, tell you anything. So do not, do not ever, Molly's right, don't get attached. The other thing I found, I have been fortunate, knock on wood, that I've not had an account other than that loving BDSM one. And that was, I mean, within a week, like it wasn't an if you've ever seen the Loving BDSM Instagram account, it's a lot of selfies of me and John Brownstone and pictures of coffee. Like, I don't even do coffee, anything suggestive yeah. there. Um, I think it, I really do think it was the word BDSM being in the handle. Um, but they, I have found that when I've had an image removed, it's because I decided to hop onto what I would call a vanilla hashtag, a non-sexual, yeah. non-kink, non-suggestive hashtag that anybody could see. And I only do that when the picture is like PG. Like I'm not trying to show tits and ass to the 12 year olds on Instagram. I'm not here for that. Um, but that's the only time I've ever had an image removed. And what that tells me is somebody who is not appreciative of sexually suggestive content um, was looking at that hashtag too. And they likely reported me. And if you get enough times being reported, first you'll be shadow banned, then you'll just be booted. And sometimes, I mean, that's all arbitrary. We don't know any numbers. Um, but some of my really like best days of getting views from Instagram to one of my blogs has been when I like February photo fast that Molly hosts every February highly recommend. I'm not an erotic photographer. I have shitty, shitty skills as a picture taker and an editor. And I done it now what twice. Um, some of my best days from Instagram, take a picture, edit it. So there's no nipples. There's no genitals. There's, you know, um, at kinky Kayla Lords, you mostly see pictures of my butt. Um, quite frankly, um, and posted it and said, Oh, you can't see everything. Instagram is afraid of a nipple, but if you want to see the whole thing, the real thing, go yeah. to the site. And that legitimately works but you have to yeah. do it knowing that at any moment you could lose it all. You are never gonna have really swift growth like you know other, even other people on Instagram um, who 
post pictures. Hyacinth Jones, who is great at Instagram, even though poor thing, she keeps either getting images removed or accounts being um, terminated or whatever. Um, she even did kind of a sort of an experiment. And what she noticed was the pictures that don't seem to get taken down are what we would call the male gaze. It's about somebody is pulled away from that picture and gotten a full shot and it is a photographer taking a picture of this person in this suggestive manner and yet she noticed when it's a selfie and you are deciding on the angle yeah. then they are more inclined to take it down which is insulting yeah. and infuriating and ridiculous um i think the more somebody is listening to this going oh my god you have not really said anything really great about any of these social media platforms why the hell should we be on them and you may it may be very well true that you should not be you have to play the you game. have to play the game you don't have to be on all of them and you have to know your tolerance level for how much worry you can handle how much um how much of the game you're willing to play twitter and the type of interaction you that like too as well. that too and what the one thing i like about instagram is it tends to be more passive i pop a picture up mm -hmm. and people like it or they don't whatever and i can scroll through instagram and never talk to a soul and just like pictures is it better if people comment on pictures yes the al instagram algorithm prefers that it will bump things up to the top of feeds it will make it a little bit more visible of course you want engagement but as a user, I like the fact that in a quiet moment when nobody can look over my shoulder because I follow all the sexy people too, I can just passively scroll through and people do like that. Yeah. Um, but you have to figure out your tolerance level for how much bullshit you can handle, how much of the game you're willing to play and whether you're willing to play within the rules or if you are comfortable skirting around the rules. At Loving BDSM, I play within the rules, but I'm also very careful about the hashtags I use because just being called Loving BDSM, somebody could get offended and try and get us banned. Um, on Kinky Kayla Lords, I post sexually suggestive stuff. I know I'm on the edge of the rules that if Instagram decided to look at my account, they could probably just take it all down. And it would piss me off, it would annoy me, but it it's a risk I know that I'm taking. Um, but like Molly said earlier, there's also no real anonymity. Anonymity is very difficult on Facebook and Instagram. Um, the way I got to a point where I cared a little bit less um, and I started using separate everything I could except for IP addresses because I don't have my VPN turned on on my phone, which I need to. Um, and that helped as well, but that is about your tolerance, like your risk tolerance. How much are you willing to put up with? And if you're not willing to put up with it, it's okay. You don't have to yeah. be there. There is no rule that says you have to be there. Um, those are the big three. And I definitely want to, for different reasons, I want us to touch on quickly Pinterest, Reddit, and Quora. Um, Just one yes. quickly thing about Instagram and hashtags. So somebody recently said to me, why on earth are you still using hashtags? And I was like, oh, because I'm trying to like, you know, build blah, blah, blah. And she was like, stop it. She was like, literally hashtags, to any connection, connected hashtags to anything adult content are like poison now. So she was like, stop using hashtags completely. Like, do not, you know, I don't know. There's, you know, there were hashtags like, you know, legs for days or, you know, cleavage of Instagram. She was like, all those hashtags are shadow banned anyway, because they all have been attracting adult content. And she said, they basically, you're basically flagging yourself up to Twitter saying, I'm posting sexually suggestive pictures. She said, or you're using a hashtag like pink or, you know, wine 
or stuff like that and she said and that's like a vanilla a haunted full of vanilla people who then you you do come up on it and then they report your picture so she was like it will be slower but you'll be safer and actually that has worked for me i haven't used pretty much don't use hashtags on instagram at all now um and i haven't touched word i'm sure bloody instagram will hear this and i haven't had a picture taken down in forever and i've had slow but steady growth and her advice also was comment on lots of other people's work like right that's how other people then find you because they see your comment and they're like oh i wonder what she does click on you da, 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 da. so yes slower but potentially safer so just a tip and that is not one i would have thought of because i i still ooh, knock on wood i still get some views from um hashtags but i may try that i may I may experiment with, I haven't been posting to Instagram all that often anyway, but that's the thing. That's when you, that's why we tell, we told you at the very beginning, if you recall, like an hour ago, um, we were like, pick one <laughs> and get good at it because there are a lot of yeah. ins and outs. And um, if you were trying to do that across all three of those platforms we just talked about, you would make yourself nuts you would be so stressed out it wouldn't be worth it you wouldn't be effective on any of them there's a lot to learn and for some people it's not worth it to them you know i know plenty of people who would love to be on instagram because isn't it fun to share a cool picture but they start thinking about the things they have to um deal with or think about and it, right. it's more than they want to do that's okay that is legitimate you do not have to be everywhere what you need to do is be effective wherever you are otherwise what is the point um so yeah i definitely want us to circle back around because to um quora reddit and pinterest now i know you don't really do pinterest and i don't do pinterest that much but i did i spent about six months doing a little experiment with pinterest and it has been working so this this works if you have informational content. So hint, hint, Molly Moore for Eroticon blog posts. Um, it also works well if you um, want to, can, or have in the past created um, interesting images for your blog that aren't sexually explicit. So yeah, no, no genitals, not even a hint of genitals. Pinterest will remove images faster than even Instagram will. It is, they don't ban you necessarily, though they do threaten to kick you off the platform every time that they remove an image. Um, but if you are posting things where it's less about the sexy stuff, or you can camouflage the sexy stuff with um, a suggestive image, it is worth it. it. People use Pinterest these days more like a search engine. So the idea being yeah. that, and I use Canva for this because I have no graphic skills at all and Canva has a shit ton of templates and it's free for, for basic use. Um, I go in and I make an image that looks kind of interesting for an informational post. Um, for, that's how I use it. I don't do it for any of my like erotic writing or whatever. And I pin it using, I use Buffer, but you can do it straight through Pinterest. You can do it through Hootsuite. You can do it through whatever tool you want. Um, and I go in and you pin it to appropriate boards. You do use hashtags. Um, I'm not 100% how effective those are, but I use them just because I can. Um, you write up a little description about what this is. You make it clear that the what the blog post will be about from the title so that it's very, very clear to the people looking at it. 
Um, and then you just put it out there in the wild and let it sit there. And some of them will go nowhere. You know, nobody will really see it. Nobody will really click on it. But every once in a while, you'll have some post of yours that will catch people's attention. I have one blog post about, um, I have a couple that have done this. One was the day in the life of a submissive. This is from like 2014. I wrote a big ass long blog post about what my day at that moment in time looked like as a submissive. Um, it was not even that good of a blog post. I could probably write it better now. The image is pretty good. I made the pin. I've gotten, um, hundreds of clicks to my website over the course of like six months from that one pin alone. Um, now it is a, it's a long-term game. So you have to be on Pinterest to some extent. You don't have to live there. It's like Instagram though. It's very passive. You're not talking to anybody. You're repinning things that look interesting to you. So you want to have some activity on a Pinterest account, not necessarily a lot. And then you want to, you know, cause you want to get a following too, cause it'll be your initial followers who might see a pin first, but because of the search function of Pinterest, it doesn't have to be your followers. Um, it will still get found in a multitude of ways and you just let it sit there and you can do multiple pins with different images for the same post if you want and i've done that before too so you don't want to do that too close to one another because then it looks like you're spamming but if like in one month you make this pin this image and pin that link into onto a pinterest board and then a couple weeks later a couple months later you make a completely separate pin tweak the language a little bit but link back to the same thing where one pin might not get any attention two months later this yeah, the other does. one does and so i'm not as consistent with it as i'd like to be i'd like to do it for all smut lancer and loving bdsm content but i ain't got time for that right now um but i did it for some really high performing blog posts um both loving bdsm and kaylalords.com that were informational like i said i do it for informational stuff um and because i was sharing information people were looking for it's gotten me some traffic and it's not high traffic right now. I think like anything else, it is a numbers game. The more things you pin, the more content you have, the more traffic you're going to get. That's just going to right. build up. Um, but there are some pins that once they get popular, once a lot of people are looking at them, then Pinterest, just like Google goes, Oh, this is useful content. People like this. Let us keep showing this to other yeah. people. And it then becomes a feedback yeah. loop and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it yeah. just keeps building on itself. Um, you want it to be really well-written content. You want it to be, that's why I use Canva because of templates. You want it to be an easy to view, properly sized image that is interesting to look at, that will catch somebody's eye. Um, you do have to do some work for it, but if you are just trying to get more people to know you exist and to read some of your content, that is a way that I get annoyed because I want to do more of it instead of just like I did like my top 20 posts to put it out there as an experiment. I want it to be part of like what I do. Um, and it's a time thing. So you can't, it's not like a tweet where you put a tweet out and then you can watch over the course of an hour or maybe a day, what kind of activity it gets. You might get nothing in the first day or even week of a tweet of a, a pin on Pinterest, yeah, a but pin. six months to a year later, it could blow up mm -hmm. Suddenly. and yeah, you never okay. know. I've written notes. <laughs> I highly recommend That's it. That's what I love about this. Like I do things that you don't do. Mm -hmm. You do things that I don't do. And I'm like, huh. and that I haven't done Pinterest in like in ages. I used to do it. It all got a bit, they got a bit too sex negative. I kind of wandered off. I still have an account, but now you've made me think of how maybe I might go back and uh, at least poke it and see if it's still alive. Yeah. And again, it's, 
you have to be willing to play the game. You have to, you know, yeah. you can't be as explicit as you would like to be. Yeah, I'd love to be able to just put out like, I know if I did an image with like tits and ass, I'd probably get a million views, but it's not worth it to me to then get banned. It's, you know, who cares? Sure. Um, and I am, I try to be very specific about the kind of content and what kind of audience I want because of the little bit that I've seen of how people tend to use Pinterest. They use it for information gathering. I would say if you are an erotic writer and whether it's nonfiction or fiction, experiment with it, whether people will click over to erotic content that's not informational based, but it's, it's not a quick thing. It's a long game you're playing and it's, it, it's, uh, it's patience, it's effort coupled with patience. Like you do the work up front and then you put it out there and then you see what happens. Right. So. Okay, so, like, we could go on for hours here. I don't know how much more we want to go. Let's do, we want? let's do briefly Quora and Reddit, because I think those are okay. great for getting people to click on your site without quite as much effort or babysitting that a Twitter or an Instagram yeah. needs. Yeah, okay. So, Reddit. Um, basically, Reddit is still, like, stuck in 1995. It's like this really old fashioned weird like place. So it's a bit funky, but spend a little bit of time working out how it works. Um, you have to find subreddits. So you have to look for the groups. There are lots of them. Like I think there's, I mean, I'm in loads of them. There's like BDSM community. There's sex toys. There's, you know, sexy smart. There's erotic writing. There's tons of them. So yeah, you have to do a little bit of poking about and finding those. Um, obviously another way is to find some people that you know, someone like me, someone like Kayla maybe, although she's not that active there. Um, and so you, I don't know, can you see what groups, I don't know the answer to that. Can you see what groups I'm in? I don't know the answer to that. I'll update you on that one. But um, yeah, find those groups. Be careful because all these subreddits, every single subreddit is run by somebody specific and they all have their own rules. And some subreddits will be like, do not put your, do not drop links into this subreddit. So if you then go in there and like they're having a conversation about, I don't know, butt plugs, and you're like, oh, I wrote this great post about butt plugs, bang, they will literally delete it and possibly even push you out and be like, no, you can't be in this, you broke the rules, you're out of that subreddit. So read the bloody rules because every single and every single subreddit is different. It'll be like, yes, you can post some. Sometimes we don't mind if you post the odd link. So that means don't literally do it all the time. So they want you to have conversations there. So if you have conversations there and engage with people and answer people's questions and then literally every now and then go, um, here's my answer, but by the way, I have written a blog post about it. There are some subreddits who'll be like, that's fine. There'll be some subreddits who are like, absolutely no links. And then there are other subreddits where they're like, just you can literally just leave links, which is fine. So be careful because Reddit is like this place where people are militant about the rule of their subreddit. So know the rule of their subreddit. Actually, what I've always felt we should do is all of us should kind of get together, go into different subreddits and talk about somebody else because they're actually what they often dislike is if you go in there and say, ooh, I wrote about this, here's my link. Whereas actually if you go in and go, oh, so you're talking about this and you know you start engaging in conversation and then you go, oh, I read a really interesting post about butt plugs. And you know I, for example, then link to one of Kayla's posts. 
that looks more authentic it's not like me just spamming my content it looks like i'm genuinely trying to share something that i found so a lot of them are more comfortable with that so i've always thought like we should set up a group where we like all coordinate and agree to post each other's stuff in certain subreddits but clearly that takes a lot of time and effort and so it's never done but yeah that's my thing with reddit go in and reddit as i said if you get if somebody else puts your link into a reddit group that is genuinely interested in what you've written it can literally blow your stats apart like it can change everything and suddenly you're like oh my god i've got literally thousands of people coming just on this day so yeah reddit definitely worth investigating um and learning cora is really about answering questions write a little good profile that links to your website so you're like you know i do this blah 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 here's the link to my website because again it's the core is basically people asking ridiculous questions there's loads of people on there i've decided i think it's quite common it's quite it's quite popular in asia and so there are a lot of people who clearly english is their second language who are asking very basic questions particularly i think young women and young men on the lines of um you know he licked my vagina does that mean i'm pregnant there's tons of stuff like that um so you could literally be there all day answering loads of these inane questions i tend to go like once a week see what cora is suggesting because it always says here's questions specifically for you um and answer those if they're relevant or if not look for a few others bash out a few answers leave them then people upvote your your answer if it's if you've written a good one um and gradually people then start following your account on Cora um and as a result you can get some traffic from that because then people look at who you are they click on that and they come and visit your thing it's not huge but it's kind of small and steady but it has taken a while of kind of popping in every week and answering two or three questions and let me add to that i think something else that would work and i say this as um somebody who writes for seo for clients so take this from that vein when you see a question in cora answer it in cora because what you're trying to do is get the people to click and blah 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 yes 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 but if it's a really good one and you've got some thoughts on it consider making it a blog post two reasons for that one easy content easy content but two there are some questions like when you when i put something in a google search field i'm like oh what has been written about this topic already what's google pulling up that's been written god we know that's not everything when the top answers are all people on quora or yahoo answers or whatever that thing is called when the top return results in google is somebody else asking the question and the answer is in Quora, that means there is room for a blog post that is well-written, well-formatted, yeah. um, and comprehensive to eventually, it takes a while, to rise to the top and make you the one who is now the go-to when somebody does a Google search on that question. Because some of those questions are very, very basic. And some of us will look at those questions and go, did somebody really ask that? Well, yeah, somebody really asked that. They didn't know. And when they did a Google search, there was no answer. Nobody wrote the answer. answer. So yeah. 
Definitely. I like the idea that you're making me want to go like re uh, ignite my core account. I have one and then I like abandoned it and went, Ooh, whatever. Um, but I have, when I've written for other uh, sites and they've been very focused on their SEO, that is part of how we decide, hey, what kind of content are we going to write this week or this month? Because the only people who have asked the question that Google knows to pull up are things like Quora. And so a comprehensive yeah. blog post about that with that answer has a, could make it to the first page of Google for that search term because of that. So yeah. there's some potential there as well for building, getting links back and building an audience and also content ideas. Uh -huh. So. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we've covered like a good lot. I think we've talked for a ridiculous we long time. I'm sure people have or, well i have noticed that they'll just like take a break and come back when they can handle it but see that's the thing social media is a huge topic and there are no right answers and there's no one right way to do any of it and th none of them are simple or easy i think it's funny that even today in 2019 there are people who think that oh if i just make a twitter account i'll have a thousand followers and a bunch of clicks to my website in a week like no None of this, it's all an investment of time and energy. And while I think it, there is something to be said for investing in a social media presence, it's how you find people, it's how you make connections, it's how they find you, like there's benefits there. Um, the amount of energy, time and energy you put into, let's say five or six social media accounts is energy and time you're taking away from putting into your own site and your own content. Um, so I think yeah. it's a matter of being Find that yes balance. you've got to be judicious in what you choose you've got to figure out what appeals to you most you've got to deal with you know your own um risk aversion you know if anonymity is still a very very big deal to you then yeah facebook and instagram might not be where you want to be and maybe it's twitter and you know pinterest or whatever um but there are a lot more options than we realize um, yes, we have only talked about the sites that are not adult friendly because the reality is, is that's where the majority of people in general are. So you can go be on other sites. Absolutely. Kink space looks like Facebook, but it's for kinky people. FetLife. I've gotten links, clicks from FetLife to, um, yeah. my site. A lot of times that's another option. Um, uh, if you want to be in a place that is specific for adult content. You don't have to worry about censoring yourself so much, but um, there is value in social media for all their problems, for all of the, um, the issues and the ways in which we have to bend and twist to make it work. Um, there is value there. And as long as you feel like there's value for you there, then you know, you're not a sellout if you're on Twitter talking about your blog, just be a person before you you know, spam the rest of us. Um, but yeah, there, you got to figure out what, what you're willing to do and how much time and, and energy you're willing to invest in. I do think some sort of way of promoting your site to the outside world is advisable, but I know people like Mrs. Fever, who's an amazing blogger. Mm -hmm. She does memes. She's involved in the sex blogging community. She's not on Twitter. I don't know that she's on any social media. Is she? I don't think she is. No, no she is she a is. strict, strict blogger. Now, her personal blogging goals will, are going to be different from somebody like me or Molly, who are trying, you know, this was part of our career, of course. But, I mean, technically, as, she's still a very, she's a very, and she's got traffic and she's got an audience and she's got a dedicated audience. I mean, 
you go to her blog posts and it's not just other meme participants commenting on her stuff. <laughs> it's her audience. So um, I think social media is necessary, more necessary uh, for those of us trying to do things beyond just have a single site. But, you know, you don't have to be everywhere trying to do everything and you can't and you probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot for this episode. <laughs> That, that was really long. To be honest, we should have done two episodes. We should have done like Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram as one episode, and then we should have done like the outliers. That's true. I and I think we could, because of the ins and outs of the big three, we could easily do an entire episode just on Twitter, just on Facebook, just on Instagram, because of the navigating you have to do. And if and y'all, you you're listening to our voice and have been here presumably for over an hour. If you would like that, if there's a lot more questions you have about specific platforms, let us know. We can always come back and make that a series and talk specifically about one platform and give it 30 to 45 minutes an hour or whatever. But put it on the list, woman. Yes, list. I, I know. Okay, this is me doing what Molly tells me to do because I will. <laughs> That doesn't happen very often. Whatever. You're one of those people I'm like, Molly said to do something, so I'm going to do that. You can top me any day. Um, okay, so that's it for us this week. Uh, next week, we will be back with a mailbag episode. Yay. Um, just remember, for those episodes, you can always send us your questions at any point, not just when we're begging for them on the internet, and we will add them to our ongoing list, and we will try to answer them in an upcoming episode. So that's it for us this week, y'all. Bye. Bye.